Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. good to to see us a, a child smile amen to see what God is doing in their young lives amen well this morning I have the opportunity and the privilege to minister if you have your Bibles turn to the book of Romans chapter 8 I want to wish my daughter's happy birthday uh, my daughter Brianna she her birthday was on Friday and my youngest daughter her birthday will be this coming Friday amen December babies amen they always got cheated, amen. <laughs> amen. And my, my youngest, when, when we came home from the hospital on the 24th of, of, on Christmas Eve, they, brought, they gave her to us in a, in a, a big stocking, amen. And I always tell her that she didn't come with a gift receipt, amen, so we had to keep her. <laughs> Hallelujah. This morning, I want to minister uh, on hope. How many know we have hope? Amen. And this title, Season of Hope, and, I, and I'm using the acronym H-O-P-E, stands for holding on, patiently expecting. Amen. A little story about these businessmen who went on a trip. They were from the Texas area, the Dallas, Texas area. And they chartered a plane and they were going to fly to this trip. But uh, they had some trouble with the weather and they end up going down in the ocean. They found this deserted island, and they all swam there, and they were all just like talking amongst themselves, how are we going to, you know, get rescued, and, you know, so they, they made up a, a team. This person was going to gather wood. This person was going to do this, but there was this one individual. He was a, 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 a Texas oil man, and throughout the duration, he just stood under a tree relaxing. This annoyed the others. They're like, you know, somebody tell him something. And so they go up to him. One guy goes up to him and he says, hey, he says, we're all trying to get rescued here. We got guys over here, you know, putting SOS. We got this guy gathering with the guy. He says, he says, do you have faith? And he says, yes. He says, well, I have hope. Hope is expecting. He says, son, I'm a Texas billionaire. I tithe to my church $15,000 a week. I know my pastor is going to find me. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Sorry, Pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Holding on patiently expecting. See, if I were to ask a group of individuals, what is hope? Some maybe think of nothing more than a wish. You ask people in the world, what does hope mean to you? We have hope. We have, you know, is it good luck? It's good fortune? You know, I talked to a number of folks throughout the years, and a lot of them have their hope in their investments. They have hope in their career. You know, uh, you know I have the, all the degrees that I need, and, and, and they put everything in, in, in trusted into that. This is the world's view of it. You know, and I asked an individual who who collected watches from around the world. And he had a beautiful collection. He was always showing me, oh, look at this one. I picked this one up in Switzerland. It cost me 150000 Like, oh, that's nice. 
oh, I picked this one up in Spain. I picked this one. He had these beautiful oak glass case with all his, and he took a trip to Catalina Island. When he came back, everything was gone. $500,000 worth of watches. But he invested into that, invested into these things. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, It's good to to plan. It's good to have a a little uh, security. The Bible says in Proverbs 27, 12, a prudent man foresees evil and hides himself in the simple past and are punished. So it's not bad to, to, to save. It's not bad to, to you know, look for the future, none of these things. But we don't put all our trust into that. The Bible says where, where thieves could come and take, we, 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 we put our trust in Jesus. We put our trust in heavenly things. And so the hope to the Christian is looking to God. Say with me, looking to God. And Job said it this way in the book of Job, chapter 8, verses 13, he said, The same happens to all who forget God. The hopes of the godless evaporate their confidence, hangs by a thread. They are leaning on a spider web, and they cling to their home for security, but it won't last. They try to hold it tight, but it will not endure. When you read the book of Job, he finally comes to the conclusion that naked I came into the world Naked I will leave. Blessed be the name of God. See, we, we as a people of God cannot put our whole trust into the things that are temporary. God is looking for a people who will put their trust into him and say, you know what, God, you know, what, what I do have, I give you praise for. I thank you for it, God. You have blessed me richly. But Lord God, I am not going to let it define me. I'm not going to let it be who it is. I'm not going to lose faith. I'm not going to lose hope because I'm not where I want to be right now. Can I hear an amen? Amen. So our our title is A Season of Hope. In Romans chapter 8, verses 24, it reads this. It says, for in this hope we are saved. But hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? Verse 25, but if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this morning. Father, for the church, Lord God, who've gathered, Lord, those who have tuned in to watch us, Lord, on the live stream, Father. We pray, God, that you would just just cultivate our hearts, Father God. Lord, let your word go forward with anointing through my lips, Father God. Father, your word will not return back void. Father, we pray for the one, Lord God, who's hopeless this morning, Father. Lord, who's struggling in the faith, Father. We pray, Lord God, that you would just quicken them, Father. Lord God, we trust in you, Lord God, to have a good outcome this morning, giving you praise, glory, and honor. In Jesus' name, the church says, Amen. amen. Hope. The definition is to cherish a desire with anticipation. To anticipate something is great going to happen. See, without Jesus, the unsaved can only wish and hope for the best, but sometimes they say expect the worst. How many have ever heard that? I'm hoping for the best, but I'm expecting the worst. See, the Christians have the, the, the ability to call, on to call on to Christ. That we have the, the, 
where we've been brought in, the Bible says, into his presence, where we're able to take a need before God and, and not only hope, but what we're doing is we're saying, God, I'm coming to you in faith, but I'm expecting a good outcome. I'm expecting this. It's, I'm, faith is the substance of things. Hope for the evidence of things not seen. So when we say, you know what, God, I'm going to take this need before you, what we're saying is, God, I'm expecting it. I'm believing in you, God, for, Father, to save my, 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 my spouse. I'm believing in you, God, to deliver my child from addiction. God, I'm believing in you, God, for great things. And so when you start to speak it, you start to profess it, you start to call on it, you're holding on to that, you're expecting it. See, it's good to get, uh, you know, in that, in that presence of God where you start to call out things. I love to, to come to a prayer meeting, I love to pray over the seats, I, you know, when I sit up here, I could close my eyes. I could tell you where people sit. And I pray for those individuals. I know the Conkles sit back there. I know, I know Ricky and his family sits back there. I see these people and I say, you know what? God touched them, bless them. Keep them. I pray for the men and the women. God, stir them up. God, let them not go astray. Let your, let your word just, just be embedded into their hearts. God, where you stir them to the point where they say, I want that for me. I want that for me. See, we want it so much for you, but if you don't want it for yourself, it's pointless. The word comes forward and it's a challenging to you for God to stir you up to, to grasp that. See, we, oftentimes we come from a background where we're, we're, we're not expecting anything. You've been told as a child, look, don't, don't think, don't worry, don't think about college because we can't afford it. Don't think about advancing because you don't understand where we grew up, where we live. See, it's good to have big dreams. It's good to dream big. You know what? Impart into your children. Speak into their lives. They want to be doctors. Speak into their lives. Guide them in the direction. Give them books of the anatomy and physiology. Give them all these things. Impart into them. You speak into them. And they will be developed. You train up a child in the way they should go, in the things of God. Teach your children how to pray. When the little children speak Jesus, man, it's, there's nothing more beautiful to hear the word of God come out of a child's mouth. <laughs> Hallelujah. Without Jesus, the unsaved can only wish. You're here this morning or you're watching us and they're tuned in. And you don't know Jesus, you've yet to hear it. It's good to come to church and hear the, the word of God. But until you ask Christ into your heart as your personal savior, you do not have a full understanding of what we're speaking about. You hear what it is. You see the, the people. You see the, the, the glow. You see tears sometimes. Sometimes you'll see an individual and they go, man, they look like overly happy. You know? You know, I don't even want to look that way because that, that person looks like they've been, been in through some bad areas. But you see that individual lifting up their hands, praising God, thanking him, Jesus. Father, you are so good. You see a marriage that God has brought back together. And you say, thank you, Jesus. When one individual, one spouse held on to faith and hoped and believed God for great things, to see that come to pass, then you say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. An individual you've been praying for to turn the corner in their health, and they come to salvation. You know, oftentimes, when you pray for somebody who's 
in an ill spot where they're, they're not doing well physically, but they come to Christ and they end up going home. The miracle is the salvation that God gave them. I don't always look for the, the outcome that I get. I say yes until God says otherwise. I'll say, Lord, I, I, I want to see this. I want to see that God has a whole plan different. And when it happens, I just say, you know what? Thank you, Jesus. You know better than I do what that person needed. So we hold on to that. Titus says it this way in chapter 2, verse 13. He says, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus. See, we know one thing as people of God, that one sweet day we will be with Jesus and we wait and we watch. See, we're in a season right now where you're going to see a lot of craziness that is coming over the airwaves, that is coming out. There are, there are, there are people, lawyers, fighting for the church of Satan to, enter, to be in, grafted into the school system. Back in the 80s, people didn't speak out. They would go, oh man, if you play this backwards, you know, it says Satan. If you do this, you know, don't use Tide soap, don't use this, don't use that, all this thing. But now they don't care. They just throw it out there. There are shows that Disney puts out. Demon, it's a cartoon. There's other shows that are put out. Lucifer, all these evil that come through the airwaves. You need to be, as a parent, watchful of what your children is watching. YouTube's cartoons. The enemy wants to come in very sneakily and just infiltrate into your child's mind. In the schools, in your, their cartoons, in their books, we need to be vigilant. We need to be watchful. And the most of all, as parents, as believers, we need to be vocal. We need to go to school board meetings and, and agree, disagree with things that you don't like. See, we can't no longer complain about it and sit back. We need to now make a stand and be vocal. We say, you know what? We're people of God, and we don't stand for that. We're going we're gonna to preach Jesus. We're going to speak Jesus. We're going to live Jesus. Can I hear an amen? amen? See, we are holding on patiently expecting. You remember the back, uh, John, uh, remember in, in John chapter 20, where Jesus has been crucified. He's been placed in the tomb. And then the disciples, they're all gathered and, and, and they're all distraught. They, you know, a lot of them were just like, man, they didn't know that this was what he was speaking about. They were, you know, they walked with Christ for three years and they didn't fully have an understanding of what he was speaking of. Mary comes to the tomb, the tomb is empty. Now, there was one part in that scripture in John chapter 20 that it, it stuck with me. And I wondered why it made it clear of that. In verse 7, it says, And the handkerchief that had been around his head, not lying with the linen cloth. Remember, the tomb was empty, the cloth was there. But one thing that she noticed is that the handkerchief that was over his face, it was folded. Why is that? In the Jewish custom, when you are at a mill and you walk away, you go away, and you leave your handkerchief folded, you're telling them, I'm coming back. 
If you're done, you would just leave it right there. He's coming back, church. He's coming back. He's coming back. He's coming back for a church that is expecting him. Your lamp is full. Don't be caught asleep when Jesus comes. You're here this morning and you've yet to decide, do I fully want to get into this Christianity thing? Is it for me? I'll give it another day, another week, another month. I want to tell you, stop making those decisions. Jump in. Jump in and say, you know what, Jesus, I'm going to put all in. I'm putting everything in. I want to serve you. I want all that you have to give me. I want, I'm expecting great things. I know that you're going to, I'm going to be the father that you have called me to be. I know that you are going to be the son that, that you have been called to be. You are, man, God has done oh, such a great work in your life. You've yet to fully experience what God has for you in store. Where you just need to hold on and say, you know what, God, I am believing in you for great things. I'm expecting it. Have you ever expected something? Waiting for it? You know how you're waiting for that package from Amazon? (laughs) Right? You got to beat the porch pirates. You got to. (laughs) There's this painting. I read about it. I was looking for it and I couldn't find it, but... It's a painting, and it reads this. It was a painting of an old man in a burnt-down shack. He's standing looking at his home just up in flames, and he's holding the hand of his grandson. And the young boy is tears is just flowing from him. The title of this painting is called Be Strong, Child, God's Not Dead. And I thought about it. The picture of the old man and the child reminds me of as ugly as things can be, God's not dead. As horrible as that situation is, God's not dead. That we have a hope and we say, you know what, God, it looks grim. And you know what? My flesh is, is screaming, tap out. But my spirit, I need you to strengthen. I need to hold on and say, you know what? God, you have things in, in control. God, you are, you, you are the author and the finisher of my faith. God, you are going to do something miraculous. That, and, and we hold on to that and we speak it. See, we got to stop speaking negatively. You know, I grew up in, in and around people, man, where we always heard the negative. We always heard it. Like, oh, man, we're going to do this. And we're like, loco, you're crazy, homie. You know, where you, you know, they just shut your lights off not too long ago. And now you're talking about all these great things you want to do. You're going to get this bike, that bike, and all these things. We, don't, we, we, we were brought up that way. And we were, we were around people, negative people. See, I, I, if you've got big dreams, never tell them to, to small-minded people. They'll shoot them down. Oh, man, you know what? I was talking to uh, Pastor John Torres and his young son says, you know what? Uh, what's, he's a baseball player and a football player, talented children. And he says, you know what? He says, I, I, I hope to, to get drafted to go to Cal State Long Beach. I says, man, that's a big dream. I said, but you're going to get there because you have ambition. You have purpose. You're driven. These are the things that, you know, that, that God wants to see in his people. 
See, the purpose in, the, in the, having that driven spirit inside, that comes, that you need to, you need to cultivate that. You need, to, you need to start working on that. I want to be, be a good testimony. I want to be a good uh, witness, or I want to be a good studier. I want to do these things. Well, do it. We're waiting for a, a voice from heaven. A dove to descend. We're waiting, waiting. No, no. God's telling you, look, I'll put it in your reach, not in your hand. I'll put it right there. You want to be a, a prayer. You look at the way you do it is you get on your knees and pray. You want to be a witnesser? You know what? Get a track. Go to the bookstore. Get a couple of tracks and just say, you know what? I just want to tell you about Jesus. Look, for you might get 99 that will throw them in the street or throw them back at you, but that one. That one who listens, that is the person that you go after. It'll happen over and over again. Listen, people, we need to start being more aggressive. We need to start being more, you know, vocal. We need to start being more purpose-driven where we say, you know what, I'm not going to let nothing distract me. I'm going to go on and I'm going to preach. I'm going to go on and I'm going to teach. I'm going to do these things that God has called me to do. You're going to take baby steps. See, people get so caught up like, oh, I want to sound like this person and sound like that person. You know who God wants you to sound like? You. You. You are who he created. You might not like you, but you are who he created and he loves you. He loves you, man, that you have no idea how much he loves you. Two words, helplessness and hopelessness, are very common in these troubling times. You know, if you spend too much time listening to the news, watching the news, after a length of time, it's going to start to affect you because you're just hearing it. The Dow has gone up, the Dow has gone down. There's a snow blizzard. There's, we have the worst heat wave. There's going to be a shortage of cream trees. There's going to be this. There's going to be that. You know, all these things. You know, during Thanksgiving, they were talking about having a shortage of turkey. Who panicked? Oh, that's it. You know. Listen, God always provides for his people. Always. Always. Never seen the righteous forsaken or begging for bread. God is faithful. God is good. Can I hear an amen? amen? So two subjects on hope. The hope of the believer and, the, and to make the distinct, distinction between faith and hope. When we express our hope, we are expressing an uncertainty. We're expecting it. Where we say, you know what, God, your word says this. And the blessed hope that the scriptures speak of. Is like, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. We need to wake up people every day and expect good things from God. See, when we didn't have Jesus, we didn't know what the day would bring. You're like, man, today's a day. Am I going to get fired? Are you doing anything to get yourself fired? Ask yourself that. <laughs> Are you being a testimony where you say, you know what, God, I, I, I want people to see you in me. I don't necessarily have to speak it, but they see Christ in me. You're what the Bible refers to as a walking epistle where I could just look at you and I can know that you walk in the things of God. 
that you're blessed and highly favored. And they ain't going to like you. Don't expect them to like you. You know, you, you ever been around people that get all hurt and offended because nobody invites them to the, to the parties? There's a reason why. Because you bring the presence of God and it convicts the unsaved. And they don't want you to kill their buzz. <laughs> Who invited them? The hallelujahs. You know, I love to be around my family. I have a very large family. I love to be around them. And I know it. I, I hear about it, you know. And, and, and you know what I do? I just love them. I love them. I love them like, you know, and you know, you know when they look at you, like they think you're going to settle it up. They're like, look, come here, silly. You know, we're here. And you know what? That's how, that's how you win them to Christ. You love them. You could preach, prophesy, do all these things, write songs, do all these things. But if you have love, Corinthians says it's nothing. It's like if I was to go and hit that thing and just like, hey, it's nothing. Love covers a multitude of sin. If you agree, say amen. Amen. We express our hope. We are expressing uncertainty. But this is not the distinctive biblical meaning of hope. The, the main thing that I want to discuss today is to show through Scripture that the biblical hope is not just a desire for something or to have a, a good in the future, but rather it is a hope of a confident expectation, a desire for something good in the future. See, one of the things that is important to note is that the biblical hope not only desires something good for the future, it expects it. See, we got to go from wishing to expecting. Well, we say, you know what, God? I'm not going to sit here and toss pennies in the, in the fountain. Amen? I'm not going to sit here with my fingers crossed, all four of them. I'm gonna, but you know what, God? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expect you, God. I'm, 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 you know what, God? I don't know when it's going to come, but I know it's going to come. I know that my loved one's going to come. You know what, this is a good opportunity for you to just lay hands on the seat next to you that you want that loved one to sit in. Where you say, you know what, God, I'm going to pray for this seat right here. This seat right here is for my spouse. This seat right here is for my daughter. This seat right here is for my grandson. God, I'm believing in you, God, and holding on to that. Patiently expecting you for great things. See, we have a blessed hope. The blessed hope is an absolute certainty that God will do to us what he promised to do, that we have a future. We love the scripture 29.11 of Jeremiah. He says, where well, I promised, I look at, to plans to give you a hope in the future. See, those are two things that we didn't expect to. Growing up, man, you just lived wild. You just lived day to day. You didn't know what tomorrow, you had no plans to have a family. You had no, nothing. But when you came to Christ, these are things that God started to put into your heart and you started to believe it. Man, you're holding on and say, you know what, God, I'm praying, for, I'm praying for that soulmate. Continue to pray for that soulmate. That soulmate just hasn't got saved yet. You don't need to go look out for yourself. You don't need to go to, you know, what, lonelyhomie.com or, you know, farmersonly.com. You, God has somebody for you. God has an individual specifically for you. Stop trying and stop trying to help God. God has the perfect mate for you if you just hold on and patiently expect it to happen. 
They may not even be in this fellowship. You know, when my daughter, when my daughter was a, a youth coming up, you know what, she, she knew that her, her soulmate wasn't going to be from this fellowship, and he was in Chino Hills. And God has blessed them. Three little kids. I had all four of them yesterday. Thank God. They were, wear you out, the little ones. Million and one questions, but it's a blessing to have them. It's a blessing to have. One person said, you know, blessed is the man who has a big, large family in another city. Hallelujah. <laughs> the believer's blessed. Hope means expecting when things are otherwise hopeless. When tomorrow, when today seems hopeless, hope kicks in and says, you know what, I'm expecting God for a better tomorrow. And if tomorrow's just a repeat of today, God, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm going to sit here, Lord God, until things turn around. And sometimes you just need to get on your knees and say, you know what, God, settle my spirit. Help me, Lord God, to see how you see See, sometimes we, we, we want to see things as a beautiful picture, man. Just, you know, the, you, know you, you don't want to wait for God to, to do what he's going to do in the way he's doing it. See, sometimes God's way just doesn't make sense sometimes. Until after you're out of the storm. After it, it, if you just say, man, you know what? God's hand was there. God, God had his hand on me the whole time through that. Some of you didn't know how you're still alive. Why didn't that car take me out? Why didn't that horrible thing take me out? Why did that, why did that, no, God had a plan. God knew that you would be here today. And we hold on to the hope that our loved ones will be here tomorrow. We hold on to that. So when you get down to those moments, people, we need to encourage ourselves that the napkin is still folded. That we're still waiting patiently, that you know what, God did not forget us. We haven't been put on the back burner of all the pra- uh, crazy problems that are happening in the world today. No, you are in the forefront. God is looking upon you and he's, he's making a way where there is no way. And then you would continue to hold on and say, you know what, God, I will be here. Thick or thin, God, I am here. I am going to stick it out. Because, see, we're so easily ready to run. We're, we're, we're that way. We don't, like, we don't like drama. We don't like conflict. We don't like those things. And when things got a little tough, he knew that you were the, the quick one to run. See, when we start to pray for things, we need to start believing that they're going to come to pass. Amen. Hebrews chapter 11 says this in verse 11. It says, by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled, enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. See, in Genesis chapter 17, they, gave, they were given the promise. Abraham was 75, Sarah was 65. Now you get a promise by God, and you say, okay, God, by faith. But as time goes by, sometimes you don't see that promise coming to pass, so you start to try to help God yourself. Or you just say, you know what, I'm gonna lo- you're losing hope. See, I want you to understand thing, that the promise and the dream and the vision that God gave you will always come in three phases. He's going to give you the birth of it. Where God gives you that vision, that dream, and you say, oh, yes, Lord. Write it down. Hold on to it. Pray for it. 
But then you will have the death of that dream. Where you know what time has gone by? It's not happening how you had showed me it would. But God, what do I do? I'm going to go, I'm not going to go in the ministry. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that, God, because you know what? It was good when you gave me that vision 10 years ago, but I don't see it happening. That dream is dead. But then the third thing is, is the resurrection where God just stirs it back into your heart, stirs it back into your spirit where you say, you know what, God, I'm going to hold on to that dream. I'm going to pray on that dream. And you know what, Abraham, yeah, you know what, all those years, what, 25 years later, he blessed him with the promise that he had told him about. See, we need to be patient in the promise. We need to be patient even in the death of that dream where it doesn't seem like it's going to happen. But we hold on to hope and we're expecting it. See, we need to be a people of expectation where we say, God, you know what your word said? Where your word, see, when the devil was coming against Jesus on the mount, how did Jesus come back to him with his own word? That is our weapon, is it the word of God where we say, you know what? No. No, devil, you are a liar, and the Bible says you are the father of all lies. And there is nothing truth that comes out of your mouth. I'm going to stand on the word of God and the promise of God. And I'm going to see the fulfillment of God's promise in my life, in my family's life. I'm going to see my, sa- my young ones saved. I'm going to see my grandchildren graduate. I'm going to see I will live and I will not die. And I hold on to that. See, we are people that look at if you're praying for rain, it's time to start carrying an umbrella. We pray for things, but we really don't fully expect it to happen. You remember the story when Peter was in prison and the disciples, they come together for a prayer meeting and they go up to the room and they're praying and they're believing God and, you know, I don't know what they're thinking, but here Peter gets released, comes and knocks on the door and Sister Rhoda answers the door. In verse 13, Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda Come to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed, she ran back into the opening and explained, Peter is at the door. What do they do? You're out of your mind, they told her. When she kept insisting that it was, they said, it must be an angel. See, listen, people, if you're praying for somebody, expect it to happen. And when you start seeing the miracles of God happen, don't think, oh, man, no. no. You expect it to happen. Make sure that it happens. Hold on to it. See, we we can't be praying for things, just idly throwing words up in the air, hoping that God grasps them. No, God hears every single prayer, and he holds it. But you know what? If you're going to believe it in your heart to happen, you say, you know what, God, this is, this. I'm holding on to that. I'm not going to let it go. And write it down in your journal and just read it over and over again. Listen, people, this are the end times. Things are getting very crazy out there. This is where you need to hold on to your, your, your promises and hold on to your faith and say, you know what, God? Man, keep me, Lord. Keep my loved ones. Keep my children. Keep them safe in your hands, God. And I'm not going to let go of that. Grandmas, man, we love praying grandmas, but you know what? Man, fathers, mothers, we need to get together. You know, there's always one, I've talked to, to, to men in the past and they say, oh man, that's my wife's thing. She's all into the church. I just go to make her happy. 
Well, look it. God's going to get a hold of you. And you know what? It's always good to fight in pairs. Where you say, you know what? What are we praying for today? I'm praying for this person's uh, healing. We're praying for them. You take it to heart. And you say, you know what, God? We're coming in agreement. There's something very powerful when couples get together in unity and start praying for things. Things start to happen. Things start to move. And listen, if you're, if you're that one that, you know, it's their thing, it's not my thing, I'm just here to make them happy, and, you know, I drove today or however you did it, you're here. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. But I want to encourage you to open up your heart and give Jesus your, the opportunity to show you how great he is. You're going to see how your saved uh, spouse is so in love with Christ, that they believe in you. They want that joy to be on you. They want that, 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 oh, that uh, uncertainty that you have, that blessed hope. They want it for you. See, when they want it for you more than you want it for yourself, there's a disconnection there. There's something very powerful when people come together in unity. Can I hear an amen? amen. So when we pray for things, we're believing God for them. You're praying for a job? Go out and look for a job. Stop waiting for things to come to you. Like I said, God will put it in your reach, just not in your hands. How bad do you want it? You want that education? Go back to school. I was forced to go back to school because I injured my hands as an airframe mechanic. I was the oldest one in nursing school. I was 32 years old with all these 19, 20-year-olds. And I thought about it for a second for a while to myself, like, oh, man, I'm too old for these people. But you know what? I applied myself. And I wasn't the best student, but I gave my best. Maybe God has given you a vision, a dream, and it seems so far-fetched that you don't even want to tell nobody. And you say, you know what? Secretly, I, I, but you know what? Pray for that. And if you have an opportunity to advance in that, take it. Take that step of faith. Maybe there's an opening in, 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 your, in your career as a supervisor, as a, as a manager. Be a good manager, a good supervisor. How many know that we need godly doctors, nurses, police officers? We need, we need a, a family of, of people loving God. First Corinthians 13, it says, and these three things remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Faith is confidence in what we hope for. See, we will always have those moments. December is a very tough month for the simple fact that there are a lot of people who we lost along the way. I've lost two brothers, my mother. In these past two years, I lost four loved ones. And sometimes it could be some, so simple as a song, and it takes you back to a memory. But I say keep memories alive. Speak about the good things that you loved about that individual. Keep your family together. Don't let... You know, the enemy come in and say, oh, you know, they don't, 
you're not wanted or you're not loved or you're not this. You know what? Go in there and believe. Sometimes things need to be broken. Families that don't talk to each other. I'm not going to speak until they speak first. How about you be the adult and the Christian in love? Amen. Let's go ahead and stand this morning. One of my favorite songs is The Goodness of God. I love the lyrics. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God. We have a lot to be thankful for. It might not be how you would want it to be, but hold on to it. God's going to take you there. Maybe you're here this morning or you're watching us on screen and you've yet to give Christ that opportunity to show you how good he is. You've been here this morning, you've been invited, and you want to give Christ an opportunity to come into your heart and show you how good he is, how much he loves you. If, you, if that's you here this morning and you be honest with yourself, you say, Anthony, I'm going to raise my hand because I, I need Jesus. Is there anybody here?